The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Everybody, welcome to Main Street Vegan on Unity Online Radio. What a pleasure to be speaking with everyone on what, at least in my part of the world, is the most beautiful, sunny April afternoon. Oh my goodness, it makes me happy. I was once sitting, I guess, practically under the uh, lamp at a friend's house, and he said, you must have seasonal affective disorder. And I said, no, I don't. I just like the light. There is something about living in the light and having it shine in through the windows is just such a lovely thing after a long, long, lonely winter, as the Beatles worded it. So I hope that you are having a beautiful, beautiful spring wherever you are. And if you're listening months and months from now by the miracle of podcasting, I still hope you're having a great and beautiful day. We will be welcoming, in a very few minutes, our wonderful guest, Dr. Don. Dr. Don Wagner, you may be familiar with his radio show, The Dr. Don Show. It's live out there in Arizona on the terrestrial radio and also um, streamed online. He has quite a following. And if you have any questions, if you would just like to get a family practice and emergency specialist doctor to listen to you for a few minutes and not charge you anything, give us a call, 
558-6489. You can ask your questions of Dr. Don, who not only is a physician, but he's a vegan, and he is working to get the plant-based message out into the world. I have a couple of announcements of things going on. If you are listening live, and if you happen to be in the New York City area, Come and have dinner with me tonight. Now, I don't mean come to my house. This is a dinner through the nice people at grubwithus.com, and they have teamed with Cafe Blossom, a beautiful, beautiful vegan restaurant on the Upper West Side. And um, we're getting together tonight at 7.30 for dinner. And if you would like to be part of it, oh, it's going to be so yummy. It is a fabulous prefix family style, so many good things. Just go to grubwithus.com and find the dinner this very evening with me, and we'll hang out. There are going to be some other cool people there as well. Uh, Pastry chef Fran Costigan, she's an instructor at Main Street Vegan Academy, the author of More Great Good Dairy-Free Desserts Naturally. She's coming out with a fabulous chocolate book. In a couple of months, she'll be there. La Diva Dietitian, Marty Davey, who's been a guest on our show a couple of times, will be there. So if you are here in the very Big Apple, we'd love to have you join us. And if you are other places, I'm going to be traveling around some as the weather gets beautiful. Would love to love to see you. We'll be out in West Hollywood on the 14th of April This is a good story. I am going there for TEDx West Hollywood, except guess what happened? TEDx fired the West Hollywood TEDx because a couple of the speakers, not me, I am just a very normal vegan, but a couple of the speakers they deemed were too out there in a spiritual way. Is that unfair? I saw a documentary once about scientists who identify as Christians or part of some other religion and how they are really ostracized by their community because there are a lot of people there who believe that if someone believes in something beyond the material world, that they just shouldn't be able to call themselves a scientist. And evidently, there are some of those folks in the TED organization as well. Some of the people that they were concerned about, um, well, one was Dr. Larry Dossie that you may be familiar with, wonderful, wonderful, highly respected medical doctor in, in Texas who is also looking at the idea of consciousness, that there is more to all this than, than what we see. Um, Marianne Williamson is going to be part of this event in, in West Hollywood on, on the 14th of April. So if you would like to be in on a wonderful day of short talks, I'll be speaking about going vegan and all these other people will be talking about all these fascinating things. You can check out TEDx West Hollywood. The website is still called that. And um, come and see us on the 14th if you're on the West Coast, 14th of April, 2013. And that's also going to be live streamed. So you can uh, be part of it, even if you're not on the West Coast. Would love to have you there. You can also check out some of the controversy about why why TED fired people for being spiritual. You know, my husband and I last week, because it was Easter, 
we received a, a letter from a friend, very, very devout Roman Catholic gentleman. And, and I may have even mentioned this last week that, that he sent us this information that every single one of the apostles, with the exception of one, was was tortured, died in a terrible, terrible way. The one who died naturally actually was tortured earlier. He was boiled in oil but survived. I mean, terrible, terrible stuff that people have gone through for being spiritual. So being fired by the TED group, I guess, is not all that bad. But it is an interesting controversy. If you follow that kind of thing, you might want to check it out. The woman who's in charge of the event is Suzanne Taylor. She put together a fascinating documentary called What on Earth? The Mystery of Crop Circles. So if this is something of interest to you, do check out Suzanne and her very good work and join us if you can in person or online on April 14th. On April 21st, I'll be back in New York City speaking at the Green Festival at the Great Big Javits Convention Center. I'll be talking at 1 o'clock, and it would just be cool to see you there. So if you come to um, my website, sign up for my newsletter, that's MainStreetVegan.net, um, you can get a lovely e-guide, I call it a V-guide, Vegan Vibrance Vitality, and then you'll also be in on my little every now and then newsletter, and I'll tell you where I'll be, and if we're going to be in the same place at the same time, you know, we can hang out together. Now, I do have one other thing to say to people who either are in New York or who may be coming to New York. I have in my hands a lovely card that is good for a complimentary shampoo, vegan conditioning, and haircut at Champu Salon. This is a vegan salon. Yes, we have everything in New York City. This is a vegan salon in the East Village. My daughter had her hair cut this weekend. It just looks adorable. You remember Adair. She used to be my co-host. Oh, I miss her, but she's gone on to so many other things. But she had a lot of her long hair cut off, and then she sent it into a place that provides hair for wigs for women who are going through chemotherapy. I raised a good kid, didn't I? Uh, and, and they did a beautiful, beautiful job for her. So if you would like to get a free haircut at Champu Salon in the East Village, Give us a call, 888-558-6489, and we will get that out to you. Now, listen carefully. If nobody calls and claims this, then you can write to the address that you're going to hear, the address there at um, at the Unity radio station, and I'll send you the card because you can win today or you can win after the fact. That's because the universe can be generous. And we are going to have the most wonderful, wonderful time after these messages when we bring on our fabulous guest, Dr. Don. Oh, he, I wish he was my doctor. I would almost move to Arizona for him to be my doctor, but I'm too in love with New York City. Stay with us. We'll be back after the break with more Main Street Vegan on Unity Online Radio. When listeners like you contribute to the Unity Online Radio Network, 
you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. To contribute, visit www.unity.fm and make a one-time donation or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com. Amazon.com or your favorite bookseller. What if you were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Hey, everybody. This is Victoria Moran, and I am your host on Main Street Vegan Radio, and they just told you the email Main Street Vegan Radio at unityonline.org. So if you'd like that free haircut or to be in touch for any other reason, just drop me a line there. And of course, you can call us too at 888 558 6489. I am so happy to be introducing my guest today because I've actually been a guest on his show a few times, and I'm just so thrilled that he's willing to come on to our show as well. He's got a great big following out there in Arizona and all around the country. Dr. Don Wagner is a doctor of osteopathic medicine, board certified in emergency medicine and family practice, and course certified in lifestyle medicine and plant-based nutrition. 
Dr. Don became a vegetarian at age 18 and has followed a plant-based lifestyle for more than 30 years. He now helps patients at his practice reduce or eliminate their medications through lifestyle changes and dietary intervention and shares the benefits of plant-based living with thousands of listeners through his radio show. His blog, which includes um, streams to his past shows, is drdonshow.info, and that's just DR for doctor, DR without a period, drdonshow.info. You can find him on Facebook at um, The Dr. Don Show, spelled the same way, and also Twitter, The Dr. Don Show. How nice to be consistent. Welcome, Dr. Don. What a pleasure to have you with us. Hi, Victoria. How are you? I'm really, really good. It's looking like spring here, and my whole spirit is just all blown up like a happy balloon. That's cool. I love spring <laughs> in New York. That's fun. <laughs> it's pretty nice. What's spring in Arizona like? Um, 80s to 100. So, oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that, that would warm you up. I loved reading that you went veg when you were 18, because I was 19. What was going on in your mind at that time when you just decided you were going to do something that 90% of the people don't do? You know, I, I, always, I always wanted to eat vegetarian. Uh, as, as a little child, I had no desire to eat meat, and I was born in, into a you know, meat and potatoes family. Dad was German, Mom was Italian, um, and they made the standard American fare, at, you know, every night. Mom and would make uh, some type of meat and some type of, type of starch and, and usually a vegetable, but it was usually swimming in butter, you know, and uh, overcooked, unfortunately. Um, and I really had no background to understand what the right way to eat was. Um, didn't learn it in school. Nobody taught it. But, you know, one thing that I, I really figured out early is, is that everybody around me was sick, other family members, especially people that were, you know, in their 50s and 60s were sick, and, and, and many people were even dying of cancer. Uh, and, and to me, there was some link there. And, and this was early on, that, that it was our lifestyle that, that made the difference. Um, and I, I really, you know, for me, it was change my diet and, and make a difference for me and then everybody around me. Um, and I wasn't allowed to do that till I left home, and that was where 18 came in. I left for college and, and decided I'm going to change my diet, and I did that immediately, which to me was so transformative. I mean, it was amazing how I you know, suddenly stopped having the common cold or, or you know, getting sick every winter um, like most of my friends, like I had done previously. And, and immediately I was... I was you know, I validated my own beliefs that, that it had a major effect on our health. And, um, you know, I, I stayed that way and transitioned, you know, mostly was vegetarian, transitioned to vegan back and forth uh, throughout the years um, and went to medical school and, you know, really didn't get any education that, that supported. I mean, even in, in college, nothing supported what I believed and, and what I, I was living um, and, and, you know, going to med school, it was even harder, you know, in residency training. You know, I even had, I had a, a, an attending physician tell me that I, I needed to eat animal protein. I mean, this is somebody who I respected and, and really believed, looked up to as a, as a mentor, uh, who told me that a, a 
a young man cannot make steroid hormones if he's not eating enough animal products. And and that didn't make sense, and it, it was confusing to me because no literature suggested that at all. So, you know, I, I just I stood my ground, and I, I defied what, what one of my mentors told me and, you know, continued eating the way that I felt was, was the appropriate way that we should be eating. And, um, you know, it wasn't until I started reading... Probably the same people you have on your show, many of my guests, Dr. Esselstyn and, and uh, you know, uh, Dean Ornish and, and, and John McDougall, I mean, these people doing their work really started to validate what I believed and how I lived and, and made it a lot easier for me to then subsequently incorporate it into my practice. It's so interesting. I remember talking with Dr. Ornish 20 years ago, and, and he told a very similar story of, of going vegetarian at, as a teenager. And in his case, it was because he had learned about yoga. But he also told a really fun story. He and I both had nannies that we just dearly loved. My nanny got me into unity, and, and I'm, I'm sure into everything else that I do in my life today. And, and his nanny was someone that he loved very much. And as a little boy, he said that he saved up his money because he wanted to get her a very special Christmas present. And he bought her a ham. Now, he was a nice Jewish boy. His parents were horrified. And I think that is the great story. Here is the physician who proved for the first time that heart disease could be reversed through a low-fat, plant-based diet. And he got this woman that he cared about so much in childhood, a ham. (laughs) So we all have history. I love what you said, Dr. Don, about your mentor and how he told you this thing that he believed that young men couldn't make steroid hormones without animal products without there being any scientific backing for that. I see over and over again with both professionals who should know and non-professionals who act like they know, it's so philosophical. Don't you think far more than scientific? We have these ideas about how it ought to be and we think they're true. I mean, I think, you know, they're, they're culturally based, too. And unfortunately, you know, we, we, well, we should back everything in science. At least that's, you know, for me, that's what I look for. But, you know, and I'm trying to remember the specialist that told me that was, I think, just a general internal medicine, maybe he was a cardiologist as well, but, you know, that he, he, would, he would step out on a limb and, and he was insistent that, that I was, uh, I was, I was in danger. My health was in danger by eating that way. And there was no reason to believe that, none whatsoever. In fact, I, I had met all milestones, at least from the point I started eating that way and, and, and was growing fine, and, you know, as an adult. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's fascinating how we, we uh, and I think it's, it's more for his validation to, to you know, to to. to to support his belief that we should be eating meat, right? Um, more so than than to put me down, but uh, in, in a culture where that's what we do, you know, it, it's 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 supported by the, the the culture, and so there need not be, I believe, for him to even come up with any science. You know what I mean? I do, I do, because the culture has already said it's right. It's right. But what? It's so exciting to me is I'm old enough now to remember when the culture said 
that it was right to pay women less than men. Right. <laughs> you no, know? it, it was right. right to do all these things that we're now just in shock and horror that anybody in somewhat modern times would actually believe was okay. And I know it's coming with the food, but it's not coming fast enough. So why do you, as a physician, think that there's a handful of you guys, you know, we can name the, the Ornish, the Esselstyn, the uh, uh, McDougal's, the Neil Barnard, Joel Furman. I mean, uh, there's this little tiny group of you in this whole big, vast medical universe, why isn't it catching on faster? I think, you know, again, culture is, plays a huge part in that. I really do. And I, and I think, you know, because physicians are no, no different than anybody else. I mean, they are, you know, victims of culture, and uh, they are human beings, uh, you know, and, and they have addictive behaviors just like everybody else. But I think that, you know, one thing you can look at is the education system that physicians get. And there, I mean, for myself, I can, I can look back and, you know, I have residency and not one place in my residency training was there any discussion of the proper diet for the, for the human being, let alone for the hospitalized patient. Because I think that, you know, you have to make you have to make changes for the hospitalized patient, and, and yet they didn't. You know, they, I commonly, if I had a patient who had a heart attack and they, you know, came out of a uh, procedure, they would, you know, sitting on a tray would be, you know, a slab of overcooked meat, uh, an overcooked maybe, you know, small little vegetable with the littlest salad you've ever seen in your life, and, and then a starch. And, and then it, right next to every meal was a container of milk. Uh, n- none of which is, is beneficial to maybe the salad a little bit, but, of course, then that's topped with a cheesy dressing of some sort. And, and so, you know, we fail miserably in, in, in caring for our patients as much as we, we fail miserably in caring for ourselves. I mean, you know, I, I would believe that if it were made mainstream knowledge, I would believe that more physicians would, at least if for nobody else, make sure their families were eating well, you know, and, 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 of course, to be a good physician, then they would as well focus on their patients. Um, but, but it's not taught. It's not, it's not considered fact, although, I, you know, the science, as you know, Victoria, talking to, to the different guests you have on, it's irrefutable. The science is, is clear, and, and every day new information comes out that supports the old information. And we're not just talking about heart disease. We're talking about every chronic degenerative disease. I mean, even surprising findings. I mean, in a study that, that, that suggested that people with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, now we're talking about people that were long-term smokers, suddenly you, you see, and if you stop smoking and, and do nothing else, except live as, you know, eating the standard American diet, you progress in your disease. But that if you do eat a whole food plant-based diet, that you can actually slow down that progression, actually reverse and actually improve lung function, something that you wouldn't even have, have thought went together. So, I mean, you look at obstructive pulmonary disease, you look at heart disease, you look at, of course, uh, high blood pressure and cholesterol, diabetes, you look at so many different cancers, and, and the outcome is remarkable when people make those changes. In fact, the incidence of those diseases are diminished remarkably if we preventatively think about you know, changing our diet. And that, that, for me, going back to when I was 18, that's, 
the direction I was thinking. I was thinking, you know, here I am, everybody in my family had heart disease, high blood pressure, on cholesterol medications, well, you know, and, and, and dying of cancers, Alzheimer's disease. I mean, these were the common ailments in my family. And I felt that, that I needed to, to defy that, you know. And, 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 in fact, I'm in my 50s, and I'm not on one medication. And that's not norm for my family. You know, most of them in their 50s are on several medications. Uh, some, some people have stopped working in their 60s because of disability from illnesses. So, so to me, you know, I, I mean, it, it just it made all the sense in the world at 18. I mean, without even you know, having backing without even having the proof, that was what I was after, you know, was, was, it was all about health. And then, of course, you know, making those changes, of course, you begin to become so in touch with other reasons why you should be eating that way and, you know, for, for, to, you know, save the earth and, and the animals and, I mean, you know, just compassion in general for your man, you know, fellow man. And uh, so, you know, there's the one reason leads in for me led into many other reasons. And, it, and there's, there's no question when you study the human being, and this is something that, that fascinates me, that we as physicians don't look at it this way. You study the human being, the anatomy and physiology. It is clear that we are, we are built to eat plants in every way. And, and without going into that, because that would be a whole show in and of itself. I mean, you, it's clear that we, we have the jaw structure, the teeth, the esophagus, the stomach, the, the, you know, the lower GI tract. We, we have the, the wrong kind, the claws to go after our prey. You know, we, we couldn't run them down if we tried. I mean, so we don't, you know, we couldn't fight them if we needed to. Um, so we're just not built to eat animals, and, and we've adapted in such a way, and that there's our culture, you know, how we've adapted to that. And as you know, the money, you know. We can, we can talk about, you know, the, the uh, dairy industry, the meat industry, and their influence not only on our diet but on what I learned in med school, what, what currently people are learning in med school. And what's worse is practicing physicians that, that are going to meetings. They're sitting down to diabetes, you know, lectures, and they're being served, you know, greasy fried eggs and, uh, you know, fried potatoes and, and uh, you know, and, you know, coffee with cream and, you know, they're, they're getting the wrong foods, and, and, and it's no wonder that most of those physicians have high blood pressure and diabetes, and, you know, and, and we're, giving, we're given the wrong message from, from the very beginning, from our childhood through our entire education, as young physicians coming out in practice, and, and as we, we rise in ranks as we go and we learn what's new in the field, we're constantly bombarded with, with misinformation. Well, there are a lot of good people out there, yourself being one of them, uh, giving terrific information. And if you want to find more of that, everybody, go to drdonshow.info, Dr. Don's or, website and blog. Or the, yes. the, doc, the com. either one. Either. Okay, well, that's even yep. easier, thedrdonshow.com. Yeah, okay, you're right, all so over the everywhere. Dr. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Around Christmas time, I was visiting someone at Mount Sinai Hospital, and the food was 
unbelievably horrific. It would have been yep. horrific if I had been looking at it through the eyes of a meat eater. But there right. was a little vegan cafe close by, so I would go and get food there. And one day I ran into a young physician in his green scrubs, and he was ordering with great sophistication quinoa and edamame and so on and so forth. So I said to him, what is it going to take to get this food in that hospital? He said, don't get me started. The cafeteria is even worse than what they feed the patients. Yep. What's going on? You know, that's, I mean, again, it's, it's, um, we, we need, that's a great question. I mean, and there is actually in Seattle, there's a hospital that now has a vegan re- restaurant in the hospital. So there, there, there are things that are changing. What that's going to entail is people changing their minds and the, the internal structure of the hospitals, you know, the bottom line is also revenues. You know, they don't want to bring in the wrong type of food that people won't buy, you know, and, and to me that's just, you know, the wrong message. Um, but, yeah, where, where I did my training, you know, they, they had you know, a, a, a greasy spoon diner and, you know, they had a McDonald's and, you know, the patients were, were sending their family members down to go get them the wrong foods and, and so, you know, it's no wonder that, you know, the patients are coming back. And, and you know, when you're on a, on a service where you're taking care of heart patients and, and the patients are, you know, post-bypass or catheterizations or whatever the procedures they had, you know, it's almost like telling them, you know, we've got, we're, we're keeping your disease alive by feeding you this food. I mean, it's, 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 pretty, it's pretty criminal when you think about it, um, and, you know, we as physicians, I mean, the, you know, we're, we take, at least allopathic physicians take the oath, the Hippocratic Oath, and, and first do no harm. And, and, well, we're doing tremendous harm. And we're not, I mean, just by not educating our patients, we're doing horrible things by giving them that message because that's, you know, that's vindicating them in, in their very poor choices. And, and I think that, you know, it's, it is our job to educate first, first and foremost, you know, and we can, we can avoid going down the path of destruction, you know, but there is no money in wellness that, I mean, if you look at it, these, these, as Esselton says, these cathedrals of sickness hospitals are, you know, they're funded by illness. And, and if we changed everybody's diet, Again, as Esselstyn said, you know, if you're a heart surgeon, you might as well start selling pencils on the street corner because you're of no value anymore. Um, and and that I think would be a great thing, you know. If if I were a cardiologist, I might think differently, but but I would hope not. You know, I I, I think that if we make our money on illness and we are contributing to it, then we are partially to blame for that and again we are our first role is to educate our patients and and, and education includes every aspect of, of wellness in every way I mean great I love my patients to come back and see me when they need me but I really don't think that I'm a good physician if I'm keeping their illness alive and and that just that says something you know and and i've had colleagues actually say to me well you know you don't really want to tell patients to do that because then you won't have patients 
And I thought that was an odd thing to say. You know, oh, that's totally an odd thing. Because if you make somebody well, they'll tell everybody they know. They'll shout right. it from the housetops. Of course. We need to take a break now, and we will be back with more of this fascinating conversation. I want to ask you about drugs and medications and why everybody seems to be taking them. And yet the New York Times yesterday said that the drug companies are reporting lackluster sales in the U.S. and Europe. Lackluster? I know people taking 15 medications. Please help me understand. Everybody stay with us and we will be back with more Main Street Vegan on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. If you've tuned in for Touching the Stillness with host Reverend Paulette Pipe, then you know the power of her soul-stirring meditations. And if her programs leave you wanting more, you can purchase her meditation CD, Touching the Stillness, and you'll be able to take Paulette's calming voice along with you wherever you go. This enthralling CD contains three separate self-contained meditations that can either be listened to in one sitting or one at a time. Whatever your preference, Paulette's mesmerizing voice will transport you beyond thoughts and sounds to a sacred place of stillness and soul remembrance. So go ahead, enliven your meditation practice with the Touching the Stillness CD from Reverend Paulette Pipe and let the stillness touch you. To obtain your copy, go to www.unity.org and click on Shop. That's www.unity.org and click on shop. Whether you love the Bible or hate it, turn to it daily or refuse to have it in your house, The Bible Alive, Exploring Your Spiritual Roadmap is a program designed just for you. Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley presents the Bible as a practical, powerful spiritual roadmap full of wisdom and guidance for the challenges of life today. A roadmap for your spiritual journey. Isn't that just what you're seeking? Listen live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central Time for The Bible Alive, exploring your spiritual roadmap with Rev. Ed Townley, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being with us today on this wonderful Get Healthy show. My guest is the inimitable Dr. Don, Dr. Don Wagner. You can find out more about him at drdonshow.com. Was that right? The Dr. Don Show. The Dr. Right. And just Dr. Don Show on Facebook and Twitter. Also, I gave you the wrong um, address for me. If you want to write to me, it's Main Street Vegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. I misplaced radio. Don't want to do that. So if you are interested in the free haircut or just want to say hey, you could also give us a call with your question at 888 558 
nine. Dr. Don, as we were going to the break before, we were talking a little bit about drugs. You know, I think as as plant-based people, as vegans, we tend to look a lot at the food industry. To me, it seems to be hand in glove with the pharmaceutical industry. Is this the most drugged generation that has ever lived? You know, I... Um, yeah, I would I would say probably because there's more there's got to, there is a drug for just about everything. You know, as I see patients in my clinic, I I can easily for every complaint somebody has easily write one or more drugs per complaint, and that's one approach. Um, and and I could keep the pharmaceutical company companies very happy. That's not the way I approach it, of course. Um, you know that's but that's how they stay in business and and you know for every symptom there is something that will counteract that um you know but but the sad fact is that people can change that need and this is this is what we talk about I talk about every day on my show I know you you talk about with your guests is to empower yourself to a point where you number 1 don't have these symptoms and more importantly number 2 you don't have the underlying disease process and get off the medications because the cost of the medications is so much more than just the dollar cost. It's the, you know, the side effects and, and then the long term when you're not dealing with the underlying physical condition, whatever disease you have, it's smoldering away and it's causing other problems. So, you know, if you're diabetic, you're, you're going on with cholesterol problems, you're getting heart disease, and, and all of this is not being addressed by the medications. All you're doing is, is taking care of you know, swings in the symptoms like, you know, increases in your blood sugar. But that doesn't do anything for the underlying diabetes and then the lipid problems and the heart disease that come along with that. And down the line, you're going to have heart bypass, or you add that into the cost. I mean, these these are things that we need to change. I mean, it's great for pharmaceutical companies and, and truly, you know, if every physician practiced the way we're supposed to be practicing, I'd say there maybe would only be one, maybe two pharmaceutical companies. And, and that's fine. We need pharmaceuticals. We need antibiotics. You know, we need, there are certain cases where we need to temporize with the medications until we can get the disease process under control. Um, there are times, you know, and, and I mentioned this on my show, there are times when medications or surgery are necessary, you know, and, and in, in emergency medicine, that's, that's very commonly the issue. You know, somebody's an extremist, we need to help them breathe or we need to open up a blood vessel or stop a raging infection. I mean, those are times where pharmaceuticals are life-changing, life-altering, life-saving. And thank God for that, right? But, you know, the rest of it is, is overkill. And yes, I mean, you know, you're, you're right. We are probably the most drugged in, in every venue of, of, of medications. We're, you know, overdoing it on heart medications. We're overdoing it on, on psychotropic medications. And you see, and I'm sure you know, how many kids are diagnosed inappropriately with, with hyperactive disorders and, you know, put on, on uh, stimulants to slow them down, you know, and, and the schools are behind that. And, and, of course, pharmaceutical companies are are in bed with the schools to push this through. I mean, you know, it's, it's devastating. It really is. And, and we don't need to live that way, you know, and, and you know people that are on medications, and I don't know how anybody can take 15 medications in a given day. I mean, that alone is, is first off, it's a job to do. It's, second off, it's, it's I, can't, I can't remember to take that many medications. I can't remember one, 
one vitamin D capsule every day. You know, it's so, uh, you know, it's, it's out of control, Victoria. I mean, it's totally out of control. And, and we, need to, we need to start by taking personal, you know, stock in ourselves and, and, and take responsibility. And, and every single one of us can do this. The problem is our physicians aren't telling us this, and I think that's the problem. You know, they're leading you down the wrong path. And, and truthfully, that's, you know, that's what I talk about every day on my show is how can you regain the power? And you have that. It's very simple. Very simple. Just, just very simply what you eat and how you live your life. I think when you were talking about education earlier, that that comes in here as well. Yes, we mm-hmm. need to know how to eat, how to live. We also need to understand what you were talking about, of course, there's a time for, for drugs, but yep. I know intelligent adults who actually believe that a Tylenol or an Advil works on your headache, that it goes mm-hmm. to your head and changes that, and not that it just blocks the, the pain receptor. Right. So we need a lot of education, and it's seeming like going earlier and earlier into teaching kids would be a great idea. So I want to talk to you about something controversial that I was actually unaware of until your office made me aware. And this is Spending Bill H.R. 933 that, as I understand it, kept the country going financially. But hidden away inside it is something that is being called the Monsanto Protection Act. Oh, my goodness. Of all the people who don't need protecting, it is the people who have brought us Roundup and Roundup Ready Seeds. What's this all about? Yeah, that was fascinating. Um, Hidden in a bill for uh, sequestration to, to, uh, to avoid some of the impact of sequestration was this what has come to be known as Monsanto Protection Act, where Monsanto can, if this is passed, uh, will be basically uh, protected against any lawsuits uh, by any of their products. So regardless of what seeds, whatever GMOs, nobody can sue. The farmers can't sue uh, for the impact of the crops on their farms or on their, their farm animals. And we can't sue for any untoward effects to our health. And, and remember that, first off, most of these, these are not tested, okay? We, we have indirect testing because of the exposure that the farm animals have. And as, as a result, we're seeing, you know, sterility issues. We're seeing problems in every organ system. Uh, we're, we're seeing uh, stillbirth issues. I mean, it, there, there's lists and lists of problems. And, and anybody who's looked into GMO products, I mean, there's major concerns about the genes that they're, you know, manipulating in the plants. And these genes are now translocating into our cells, becoming part of our DNA structure. And actually, in the case of uh, the the, uh, GMOs that produce their own... uh, their own pesticide, that gene now translocates into the, the, either the bacteria in your gut or the lining cells of your GI tract. And they can actually then continue making this pesticide. So you get little pesticide factories in, in, in your GI tract. Not exactly something that is recommended. Um, but, you know, Monsanto, of course, and, and you know that, that it, it, it failed miserably. They don't want their products to be even labeled. Uh, they, you know, they've got the FDA to, to pass them as 
what is called gross category or generally rece- re- re- um, recognized. Um, recognized as safe. I mean, that, that, that to me, first off, prove that to us. Um, and there is no testing, um, and, and it's not true. And, and hence, you know, the, the point has been raised with Monsanto that, that why can't we do testing? And Monsanto says, well, there's not been any problems, so why should we test? Oh. And the answer is, you haven't done any testing. They're like, well, but there hasn't been any problems, so why should we test? I mean, you get that circular logic with Monsanto, and, and of course, they pay off everybody, you know, in line, you know, and, and I think it was Barbara Mikulski, who, the, um, a Democrat from, I think she's from Maryland, who, who was spearheading this, this bill, and hence the uh, Monsanto Protection Act. So I don't know how her pockets were lined, but, you know, as a politician, the one thing, the one job a politician has is, to be reelected to whatever position they, they, they seek. And, and so really it's all about the money. And, and really, when you think about it, I mean, that's pretty despicable. She's putting her own family, her own constituents, uh, friends as well, in danger. You know? and, and, and really, I don't, think, I don't think she's thinking to begin, to begin with. And, and I, I think she's allowing Monsanto to, you know, to, to run the show. And, and really, when, we, when the truth comes out, you know, they, this is going to be devastating to people. That, you know, I mean, look, other countries, China, Russia, I mean, countries that, that uh, don't exactly have the best record on human rights, they're banning GMOs, especially GMO products from the United States. They're, they're, they're you know, they know better. Now, come on. If, <laughs> if countries that have less interest in human rights than the United States is banning something, why wouldn't we look at this critically and say, okay, well, you know, if there's question, why not look at it? And the answer is, there's money on the table. You know, Monsanto is ponying up a lot of money, and they, they did so in uh, California, you know, to, to, to suppress people voting toward the labeling of GMOs. Because, you know, California, you know, big big population that would affect the whole country and they wouldn't, you know, Monsanto couldn't, couldn't allow for that. Um, and so they suppressed it. Um, but you know, we, some good news, Whole Foods recently said that it, within the next five years, they're going to require all of their vendors to have any GMO products labeled. So we're seeing some changes. Right. Um, and even, you know, the, and also Trader Joe's and also Trader Aldi Joe's. discount mm-hmm. retailers. So that's all good news. Right. Exactly. There are so, definitely bright lights. There are, there are, and I, I think that's going to change. I really do. I mean, as we talk about it, you know, you're, you you raise the issue. I've talked about it on my show, um, and I will do so more and more. I, I also do another radio show weekly uh, on Wednesday mornings, and, and I've talked on that show, um, and, and it really it raises people. Uh, they get very concerned. They get very angry, actually, and that's what we need. We we need passion. We need passion to drive this because we're going up against a very formidable foe, and, and that's Monsanto. And, you know, people, look, I mean, Monsanto's involved in a lot of other uh, questionable practices. And, and, you know, when it comes to our food, that's concerning. You know, what have they done to us in the past, and what are they doing to us in the future? And for them to, to get this legislation passed through, and I would hope that, you know, it can't be vetoed out in the line-item veto. He needs to, uh, uh, President Obama needs to veto the entire bill, unfortunately. So, 
it may get through, and that's that's the concern I have. And I, I, and people need to write their congressman, but it really is up to at this point. It's passed through, and now it's going to come back to to Obama for signing. So that's you know that's concerning. Right. Although um, it says here, this is an article in the International Business Times, which you can find online, though it will only remain in effect for six months until the government finds another way to fund its operations. The message it sends is that corporations can get around consumer safety protections if Mm -hmm. they get Congress on their side. So be on your own side. You know that whenever you're eating soy products, it needs to be organic or state non-GMO. The same with corn, also um, cotton, cotton seed products. I have not, up to this time, looked for organic cotton clothing and sleepwear, but I think it's about time to start. You know, I I agree with you, and and it's not labeled that way, right? I mean, there right. there are some companies now you can find organic cottons, um, and you want to find things that are dye free and and you know and and free of any chemicals. Uh, pesticides. Do you know that pesticides and they're they're used very heavily in in cottons. Pesticides can leach out for years from cotton shirts. So you know there's a lot of reasons to get organic products uh, mm. without a doubt, and all natural fabric. So I agree I with lo- you. When, when you said dye free, and I know you meant D Y E free, mm-hmm. but of it course, just made me both. think. Go die free, GMO free, animal right. food and junk food free, and then you will live free and die free. That's how my right. mind works. Yes, that's who your <laughs> host is, Dr. Don. So in the few minutes we have left, since we have ventured into controversy anyway, you mentioned during the break that the most controversial shows you ever do are about milk, about dairy mm. products. What's the big deal? Uh. Well, you know, I, I, another cultural issue is that dairy is, to most people, a major staple in our diet. And, that, that, and I can't understand this. We are the only species that continues drinking milk, milk products, after the point where we're weaned or should have been weaned. And we're also the only species that drinks this, the milk of another species. And, and we have so culturally ingrained ourselves in believing that that cow's milk is is good for us, and and that couldn't be further from the truth. There's just so many negatives to dairy, and and you know, and I know the love affair in this country with cheese, and and you know, in fact, I, I call it a religion. You know, there's there's two religions that I talk about, and then one is cheese, and the other is pizza. We could do a whole show on pizza alone, but. Uh, and of course, you know, pizza is a vegetable, but that's only in school. Mm-hmm. Um, but but dairy, you know, I mean, dairy is first off, we're drinking the, the milk of another species, and and from the very beginning of our life, we were given the wrong uh, percentage of protein. That so, you know, human human mother's milk is about you know five percent protein, um, and and it has a different omega fatty acid structure than sick cow's milk. So we're not, you know, and, and, and so we need those additional specific omega-3s that, that help in the brain development area, and, and we need less protein than cow's milk has. Um, and we start out right away. I mean, you know, if, if, if mom's giving you milk from, from cows and, and not giving you mother's milk, she's doing you a disservice. First off, you're not getting those antibodies you need from the colostrum, the very first dose of your mother's milk, and then and then you're not getting the bonding, and, and more importantly, you're not getting the 
the protein, the, the right level of protein, and you're not getting the right level of fats, the right type of fats that you need. So, so you're already starting out in the wrong direction. And, and 30 you know, seconds. We, 30 seconds to go? Yeah. Well, um, I don't know that I can wind this up in 30 seconds, but, I, but we, we are, in the bottom line is we are drinking the wrong milk. We don't need milk. We don't need cheese. And, you know, if you look at what's in milk and cheese, you know, the amount of red blood cells and white blood cells, I mean, you know, remember, it's a gestation product, all these hormones. We don't need it. We do not need it. We can get our calcium from the greens like the cow, and and the non-dairy milks have as much calcium as dairy milk or some of them even more. So. Ah, I wish you were my doctor. If you ever move back to the East Coast, we'll just have to arrange that. Otherwise, I'll have to eat so many plants and be so healthy, I won't need any doctors. Thank you so, so very much. You can check out our guest at thedrdonshow.com. You can find him on Twitter at thedrdonshow. You can find me on Twitter, Victoria underscore Moran. Would love to tweet with you there. And I would like to say, God bless you, and eat your veggies. We'll be back next week. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio. The teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, For Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio, words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, Armageddon, the Lake of Fire, and then the choir of angels singing as Jesus emerges from the clouds. Ah, the book of Revelation. Are we really destined to the gloom and doom presented in the final book of the Bible? Or is it possible that within Revelation lies a spiritual guide to the human experience? Listen to this special series as Rev. Ed Townlate, the author of Kingdom Come, and Rev. Ellen Debenport, author of The Five Principles, contemplate the truth about the book of Revelation. 
These colleagues and longtime friends discuss the convoluted symbolism of Revelation. Because Rev. Ed insists in his new book about Revelation that it's actually filled with positive reinforcement and helpful guidance. The Book of Revelation, an apocalyptic end-of-the-world prophecy, or a personal, practical guide to spiritual growth. Listen in to find out. This series begins Tuesday, April 16th at 6 p.m. Central Time. Kingdom Come, a journey through the Book of Revelation, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Circe points out in her book, Do Greater Things, there is the potential for joy, wholeness, and expansiveness designed into every moment. And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to change. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm. 